Welcome to Educator Forever, where we empower teachers to innovate education. Join us each week to hear stories of teachers expanding their impact beyond the classroom and explore ways to reimagine teaching and learning. I'm so excited to introduce you to my guest today, Iman Aleem, who's the founder of Kind Academy. Iman is a best-selling author, speaker, and advocate for learners. She's worked with children most of her life, and after teaching special education in public schools, she decided she wanted to create a program that would work for all learners. She earned her master's in school counseling and is certified in elementary education, special education, and guidance counseling. She is currently the director of Kind Academy, an award-winning progressive micro-school located in South Florida. Welcome, Iman. We're so glad to have you here. Hi. How are you, Lily? Thank you so much for having me on. Yeah, great. I'm so good. So nice to talk with you. So I would love to start with just your journey as an educator. I know that's a really broad question, but if you can take us back in time, what led you to education and to where you are now? So yeah, thank you so much for asking. So (laughs) I'll start with the education route, actually. Like I had my first son and it was like, okay, well, what am I going to do with my life now? I was in customer service and it was like, well, I had worked it out back. I had done all that kind of like service industry type thing. Had my son who is now 11 years old and like pretty much right when I had him, I was like, okay, so how am I going to make this work? where I can be with him as much as possible, right? So I had already quit my job and been on maternity leave and was like, I'm not going back. And then I really just started falling in love with the idea of being a teacher. Like I started like teaching him at a very young age. Like I was, he was like one of those kids that I was like showing flashcards to and like teach your baby how to read. I don't know if you remember that. You, like, yes, totally. Completely like horrible, <laughs> but like back then I was like, I'm going to have the smartest baby ever. Oh, yeah, totally. My daughter's almost 11. So I feel like they're the same generation. Yeah, I was exactly. right there with you. <laughs> it was completely weird. But either way, like I was like, kind of I was like finding curriculum for him at one, like I wanted to do circle time, we were always at the line. It was just a really interesting thing for me to see and like be able to connect with him in that way. And education just became like, hey, I really like this. I like these toys. I like these educational things. So that kind of just became the norm. And then I was like, well, I, I should go to school for this. But I really also wanted to counsel. So I was like, okay, well, I can go to school to be a guidance counselor. I'll still get like the time off. I'll still do all that stuff. So I got my master's in school counseling. And I did that as an an intern. And I was at a charter. And I remember walking in like, yeah, I'm going to get to counsel kids. And it's going to be amazing. And I got in. And the first day she was like, you do not get to do any of that. Like you are a testing coordinator. I need you to go pick these up from here. Make sure you count all the tests. Make sure you proctor all the tests. Like you may get to counsel like you know, here and there. But the reality is like, we're really just like glorified testing coordinators. This is before MSD, which I'm very close to Parkland. And that's another whole nother topic. But this is before that. So we really did not have like guidance counselors really were not allowed to counsel at all back then. Yeah, crazy. So I got hired pretty quickly. I had had my degree in school counseling, but I really had loved meeting with students with special needs. And I noticed that those same kids who were coming to me for counseling were coming with special needs as well. And I was like, well, let me get certified in special education as well. So I took the test for that. I got certified in that. And for that, you have to have something in like a specific thing. So I got elementary ed. So I got hired very quick because they were like, oh my gosh, you have like these three things at a charter. I, I basically did like all three jobs too. And it was pretty interesting. Like I taught, <laughs> like handled all the IEP paperwork. And it was just really cool to see 
the way that I could individualize education. That was really like mm-hmm. the big key point for me. By that point, my son is about four and he's going to preschool and he absolutely despises school. He always has, but I was like, oh, maybe he'll, I tried to find all these different preschools. I really wanted something play-based. There was nothing that, the closest thing to play-based, I was like always arguing with them. Like, you said you're not going to use worksheets on a four-year-old and I'm finding these worksheets and the teachers are screaming at them. And I'm like, and it's, it's just like not working out. So he finally is like, mom, like I can't do it. So I'm teaching and I have to at least complete the year. So I finished out the year teaching and I'm kind of back and forth. He's out of school, in school here. I try to find good teachers. I try to find, I finally was like, just forget this, but just homeschool. It just seemed like such a great blend. Like I was individualizing. I really wanted him to have an individualized education anyway. I was like, you know, he's really interested in nature. He's really interested in, so I really just kind of started doing what we, back then, 2016, I think we started our first micro school, like our true like two-day drop-off. Kids would come in. It was like the only micro school that had an outdoor. We were in a community center. We can get the kids outside, which was super important to me. I had three boys by this point, I think, already. And it was like I needed a way for them to make sure that they were playing outside before they got home. Yes, get outside. <laughs> so I started my first micro school in 2016. And parents just started saying like, hey, can you teach my kid? Can you teach my kid? Can you teach my kid? And I started teaching other people's kids and started Kind Academy. And everyone really just fell in love with the nature-based kind of very hands-on, very individualized, personalized learning that we had started. And it just blew up from there. COVID hit, that changed a lot. <laughs> like, I think I did that for two years. I helped another school start their micro school and like reach the homeschoolers in the area, Compass Outreach in Fort Lauderdale. And then COVID hit and it was like, okay, what are we going to do? And I went to OutSchool. I started teaching on OutSchool and that really, really blew up. That was a lot of fun. That kind of changed the trajectory of like what we did. We started a virtual school because of that. And all of our kids really needed something. So when COVID was around, they were all kind of in our virtual school and virtual program. And now we just started our first, like we own the lease on the building. Like we have our own space, our own facility. That's a really cool thing to see. So that's what we're doing now. So that's my journey. I hope that wasn't too long. (laughs) No, it's fantastic. It's so awesome. Congratulations. I mean, it's so amazing to hear how it comes out of one kid, right? Your son and that experience. And then how it. (laughs) He's like, I'm not doing this, mom. I was like, no, I feel like my daughter is similar, you know, who was my first kid and I was teaching when she was born and had a similar experience of being like, I really want to stay home with her. Right. And also just seeing things from a parent's perspective of just how many things in traditional school don't work for <laughs> for your kid in particular Absolutely. and like seeing it at home. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like, yeah, she went to play-based preschools. She goes to a very like kind of play-based outdoor school now. And I can't imagine her. In another place. I mean, just for being who she was, right? Yes. And so I love that you took that of just seeing it in your own son and seeing that he was an amazing learner who like was super or is super curious and wants Mm -hmm. to succeed, but just that the school system is not maybe built for these kids who think in a certain, you know, creative thinkers or just, you know, I want to say most kids. Right. (laughs) I did really well in school. And I think that that's the part that really like threw me off. Like I loved school and I was like, it's just, even now I love, I'm a teacher, right? So I still love the supplies. I love like the bright classroom and the colors and all the things. I've always liked that. So really, I I really didn't understand like what didn't he like about it, but I had a really great school experience and he just immediately did it. And I got it like right away. Once I started teaching, 
I realized like it's a very different time. Like, what are we doing? We're teaching, you know, four-year-olds, we're forcing them to sit for six hours. Like that's a very different experience than what I had when I was in kindergarten. Like I remember like being the things I remember from kindergarten were like playing, like we were there for three hours a day. (laughs) Like it was really learning how to play with friends. It was circle time. It was the parachute and gym. Like that's what we were doing in kindergarten. So I can understand why he was like, mom, I really dislike this. It was like uniforms that were super uncomfortable. And it was, it it definitely wasn't for him, but he could have done it. And that's the thing is like, I could have, and, and, and for families who have no choice, like I, I understand that. Like, I think that anyone could fit into the mold, but I really wanted to see what we could do. And I'm still like learning like what he can do if we don't force that mold as much, at least, you know? Yes, totally. I know. I felt like that too with my daughter going to tour our big like local public school, which was very similar to schools that I taught at for many years. And just being like, I'm sure she would be fine, right? right. I'm sure she would be fine, but just her spirit, I felt like would be squashed. Yeah, like she wouldn't be who she fully was. He's literally said to me, "He was like, this is sucking my the soul out of my me, mom." Wow, right? Like four or five years, this is killing my. <laughs> I was like, "How do you even know those words?" Like, but that's amazing. I want to die. I mean, like every day, it was like every day, and everyone was like, "Oh, it's gonna be fine." I'm a guidance counselor. I'm like, I should understand like school anxiety. I was like, it's just the whole entire year. I hate it. Like it breaks my spirit. It sucks. And every time he went back, we would try it again. Like maybe when he's older, sucks my soul. Hate it. Did fine, but he got home and it was like collapse. Like I hate it, mom. I can't do it. I can't do it. If I have to do it, I'm going to die. Like I just can't. But yeah, like I I do think he could have been forced into it. And I was really like, well, let me see what happens if we don't. And now, you know, he's still the same kid. (laughs) Like he's like, (laughs) he's happy though. You know, he's, he's overall pretty happy and that's important to me. So I'm happy. Yeah, that's great. And I love hearing about how you took that experience with your son and then gave that opportunity to other kids too. That now I'd love to hear, you know, other kids coming to Kind Academy, what that's been like starting it as something that was really like responsive to one individual and how you've kept that going. I mean, I think that's what everyone wanted, right? I think that's what we said earlier, right? Lily, like the reality is that I think that a lot of people came to us like, I don't know what I dislike a whole lot about it, but I know that we need something different, right? I know that my kid needs something different and I want them to have a different experience than what they're having in the system right now. So it was really aligned and just like for everybody that came through us, it was just like, this is what I'm looking for. This They wanted something similar to the way they grew up. I think a lot of people really had that nostalgia of this is the way education used to be done and now it's not done like this anymore. And I don't understand like how this is supposed to raise these, you know, but people started coming through us and it was just, individualized, like, oh, they can work at their own pace. Like that's something that's shocking. And oh, they're not like most of our kids are undiagnosed have, you know, they they would say in the environment, they'd be diagnosed with something. And most of our kids, a lot of our kids are and have the diagnosis, but a lot of our kids don't. But I know for sure if they had like as an ESC specialism, like they would totally be diagnosed with this or that or this or that. But we just automatically just serve the child, right? So a lot of parents really like that. They they don't have to kind of waste time on figuring out exactly what it is because we just naturally are personalizing their learning for them. We have tutors that are helping them directly with what they're struggling with and helping them to accelerate in the things that they're amazing at and that they're naturally gifted in, you know? And then socially, they're getting these connections with people who are homeschooly and open and diverse. And it was just like something that, fit with the mold of what so many people wanted for their children to just really feel like their kids could be who they are. So I think that's what made us somewhat successful. 
Absolutely. I love that. And truly, that's like, as a parent, the one thing I want, right, is like a place where my kids can be who they are, and where all kids can. So I think just you can't underestimate how important that is. Yeah, it's so interesting hearing the journey too of like, that's, it made me reflect on that whole idea that you said of like parents being nostalgic. I feel like I talk to people like my peers, or even like my husband, about all these things that are wrong in the school system. And like, Mm -hmm. I know, because I was a teacher. Right. (laughs) But I feel like that was interesting to me to reflect on. Like, I don't think that other people necessarily really know. And like, there have been changes that are not positive and that, you know, really are not developmentally appropriate, especially right. for little kids. And so that's interesting thinking about that, too, of that people mm-hmm. come with their different expectations of what schooling will be like. I think COVID really allowed people to see, and I know you've probably heard that and people have said that, like COVID allowed people to see like what was happening in schools and like the way that it was being done, it was like they were, you know, online and everyone was working from home. So they really got this like inside look of the things that were happening. And it was like, there's no way. So a lot of people, I think, really made that decision at that point. Like, oh, I can see it. Like, it it definitely isn't what I expect school should be like, right? Even online, Mm -hmm. the teachers weren't speaking to students the way that they wanted them to, you know what I mean? Like parents were recognizing that. I understand now why they're not happy about going to school. Like the kids are being talked to like this or they're being given assignments and they're not really being given clear direction. And I don't even understand how to do this. Like, how am I supposed to, you know what I mean? So I think that that was a key part of it as well. Absolutely. Yeah. That's so interesting. And I think for kids like my daughter or for some kids, like having the experience of COVID actually in some ways was really great for her. Like Mm -hmm. she had very unstructured days she was mm-hmm. able to go out like the not school part. Right. You know? right. She would have right. school online for like an hour and then could finish her work or read a book or go climb a tree or make slime for three hours or whatever it was. But having that freedom also was a opportunity and a chance to see how kids would thrive with that too. Yes, I think so too. There are some parts of that that like looking back on like COVID times, at least in my household, like that weren't like the the lack of connection, but the connections that did get made, right? Like the online connections that my son made, like he just reconnected with so many and all my kids, like the type of online connections they started to find and discover was super amazing. And the freedom and the flexibility that they had throughout their day was really a nice change. They spent a lot more time outside. We spent a lot more time in nature. They spent a lot more time kind of doing things that were very self-directed, riding their bikes, hanging out with their friends. Once we started opening back up again, it was it was like summer. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So tell us a little bit about just what a micro school is. So there's a lot of definitions out there. <laughs> I'm sure. I see a micro school as being like under probably about 20 students is what I see a micro school being. Maybe 30 if it's done with a very small teacher, student to teacher ratio. I think it can be done. But I think once you start getting really high numbers, it's harder to. A big part of micro schooling is like progressive engaging, very, very child or student centered, where the students are really recognized for their individuality. And then we are making sure that that is elevated, right? In that space, making sure that they are elevated in their uniqueness. For example, in our micro school, like I know all of my kids and I'm able to, with the time that we have to create curriculum around them and to find experiences that they're excited about. So now that we really, we're in November now, and we've had lesson plans, but like now for January, we're gearing up to do surfing. We're gearing up to do skateboarding. We're gearing up to do boxing. Like we're gearing up, you know what I mean? Like these are just all things that 
our kids are really into. Like, And I went into it not knowing. Like, I didn't want to make the decision for them on the activities we were going to do. I really wanted to see who do we have here and what are they interested in. And I think that's a very different and that's a very, very micro school kind of typical. Usually students not necessarily do work online, but it's it's very personalized in the sense that we can usually accelerate them through their coursework much faster because teachers can work with them one-on-one. A lot of times technology is involved, doesn't have to be, but technology is a very, very fast way to get their the academic content in, to check the boxes, to make sure that they're kind of progressing through whatever the standards say they have to. And then we're having all that extra time to do all the things, like you said, we actually have we, we literally do school from nine to about 11 in my school. And then from about 11 to about 1130, we have lunch. And then from about 1130 to two, they're on fairly flexible free time, which I don't like to call it that because parents are like, oh, that's a whole lot of time. But the problem solving, the creativity, the the fights that happen so that they can solve them, <laughs> like the conflict resolution, yes. all of these skills that they lack or that they don't really have a chance to get if they're in an environment where their day is completely structured, they're free to kind of do that. And I think a lot of micro schools were like that. They like to just get the coursework done really quickly. And then they do something like project-based learning or passion-based learning or interest-based learning. And we do that as well. I think a lot of micro schools follow that similar model. Yeah, that's great. I love it. And then do kids usually come five days a week or do they come less? So some of our kids are hybrid. Some of our, well, most of our kids are either they, they have an option between two days, three days and five days. So most of our kids are three days-ish, but that's still considered full-time, like they come. And then they can, they have access to coursework online. Most of them, they'll take us up on that. But they can also do their own asynchronous learning, like they have access to all the materials, so they can do it on their own as well. But they also have access to teachers that are online because we have the virtual school, so they can hop into those classes if they really want to. This past week, we had the hurricane that didn't actually, that at least didn't really affect us, but the school's closed. And I was like, okay, we're going online. And we went online. And it was super easy because they already have their online curriculum that they follow. That's great. And then what grades are you currently serving? K through five. Great. And then talk to me about the virtual school. So you said it came about during COVID and then has kept going like kind of a parallel track or how does that work? Yes, I love the virtual. I, I love it all. But <laughs> virtual is really cool because a lot of times you get kids are the kids that are in the virtual love it and they love the flexibility of being able to get their coursework done and then be able to do whatever they want. I understand the need for in-person and that's why we do the in-person as well. But I really like the virtual. Our virtual right now, we service about 30 kids. We have Kind Online where that's on our own platform where kids like literally sign up. They get a class about one hour per day with a teacher. And then they have study hall, like homework cafe, where they come with another teacher and they can see their peers and they do things together. And then we also teach on OutSchool. So that's another big like part of our services I think we've taught about 6,000 kids over this past year so far. We have an online school on there as well. So our teachers teach on there and kids from all over the world get a chance. Most of our kids from our kind online are in Florida. The kids that are on out school are all over the all over the world. And that's math. They do language arts. They do reading, but they also do a project at the end of every week. And that's just parents love it because it's like they get to do these really cool things that they just... And parents don't really have to like have any parts of it other than buying the supplies and materials. <laughs> and it's very yeah. like straightforward, very simple. Every week they get their lesson plan, what's going to be coming next week. If they miss a day, they can do it on their own. Like it's just, so that's what our online school looks like. 
That's amazing. I love that. And I love that there's multiple access points for people, both in Florida, you know, in person, online, and then also in yes. the world, giving more access to folks. It's a lot. It is. I really wanted to give people as many options as possible and things that like, even for example, some days my son is like, listen, I need a mental health day. We just started talking about mental health days. My other son, I have four kids, but one of my other sons was like, listen, I need a mental health day. And he's not really huge on in-person and he never really has been. And he's always kind of been more introverted than his older brother as well. Didn't really need like the social and that's fine. And I was like, okay, you can do your work online. Like he has access to the virtual, he's access to online tutors. And that freedom and flexibility, I think, is really amazing for humans in general. So that's a big part of why we do so many different options for our kids. Yeah, absolutely. I know. I remember being a kid and being like, I didn't have the language to say mental health day or like even know what that was probably. But I remember being like, oh, I need to stay home sick when I wasn't that sick. But it was because I needed like those reset days. Let me just stay home. And how cool it is to be able to keep going with school. Yes. And be able to also honor just like where you are as a human that day. Right? Isn't that something? I think that maybe we're all moving into that frame of mind, just futuristic, like the idea of like taking those breaks and enjoying those breaks and resetting and coming back better and being okay with that instead of this work, 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 grind, grind, grind. I don't want my kids to grow up with that mindset no. at all. Like I want them to be able to be hard workers, but at things that they enjoy, things that they love. So they naturally are passionate about it. And that's what's happened with kind. Like I was just so passionate about it. I learned how to do all this stuff that I would have never, <laughs> well, I hope that I can give them that same. My oldest wants to be a YouTuber, just like every other kid right now. Yes, right. <laughs> we start talking about how do you build that? How do you, you know, how do you, how do you get subscribers all the back? How do you create a thumbnail? How do you connect with other people? What, what do the people want? Who's your market? Who's your, we start talking about the business side of it. Right. And that's when he's like, I don't know, but He's, he's learned how to edit videos because he wants to be a YouTuber. That's not what yeah. he went into thinking. I, I feel like they can really learn that way. And, and having a micro school is helpful for allowing them the freedom to do that. Absolutely. Yeah. And tuning into those passions. Like I agree when I reflect on the times in my life when I've learned things the most, it's when I'm really passionate and have that self-determination of being like, all right, I'm going to figure this out. This is important to me and mm-hmm. kids too. So I love that you're bringing that to them. Awesome. So tell me a little bit about what you're planning for the future of Kind Academy. This keeps floating around and like, <laughs> I've said no it so pressure. many times and I'm like, why <laughs> did I say that? <laughs> but I don't even think that I really, at this point, I've always wanted it to be a hundred schools in 10 years. That's something that I've been saying since 2000, like my people who've been around me forever. Like once I realized I was going to open a school, I've been saying, okay, I want it to be global and I want it to be a hundred schools in 10 years. They knew, like I've been saying a hundred schools, like that's the big kind of goal is to scale it and um, make it as accessible as possible. Like we're hoping to be mostly tuition free is a big part of what we focus on. We're very huge on diversity, socioeconomic, newer diversity. We have trans students. We have parents who are, have different family structures. And I really just, we accept, honor, want every single, you know, person, especially, I don't want to say the underdogs, but the people who generally in society have kind of been not accepted, the oppressed, like yes, the people who don't have access to private schools or this individualized type of thing. Like those are the learners that I want to give the gift of this. So 
how much does that take? I say a hundred in years. So that's the goal to hit and reach as many as we can. Yeah, that's fantastic. And do you imagine that it would be a national? I see global. Uh huh. I do see global. I don't know where globally yet, but I do see global. Yeah, well, it's cool to start with the virtual and then yes. think about adding in some other options too. Absolutely. Yeah, well, I know you reflected a little bit on just your passion for starting Kind Academy, but I'd love to hear how that experience has been for you, what you've learned about starting this venture, about yourself through the process. Oh, man. So I think I realized that I I don't want to say I don't have a choice. Like a lot of this is like, I talked to one of my friends and she's another school owner and we talk about like how some days are really, really hard. I think I learned that it's just something that naturally has kind of progressed. And I sometimes I feel like it's not even like me like doing it. Like sometimes I feel like I'm just in the zone and like even talking about it. And, you know, it's just so natural that and my expectations for what education should look like. And it makes me really come off as like angry sometimes at the way the education is being done and knowing that it shouldn't be done like that. But I think that that's been a huge thing that I've learned about myself that I don't have like I'm in control, but it's like, this is just, this is, it has to happen. Like I don't, I I talk about a hundred schools in 10 years and I, like I said, I even say it and now it's like, I have to stick to it. Now I don't, you know, so I've learned that I'm very goal oriented. I've learned that I'm very, very passionate about education in general. And I don't, some moments it's like, I just want to go to the beach and like not do this anymore because it is a challenge. But it's like, I also know that like, this is the only way that the evolution of education is going to happen. And this is the way that we have to, we are going to impact the world. And this is the way that we're going to change the face of the world in general. Because once kids really start to see that they're capable and that they can be passionate about what they do, like I just, I think about a world where a lot of people feel that way and that the idea mindset, and that's what I think education does. So yes. I've learned that I can learn like anything, you know what I mean? Like if I put my mind to it, I, I can learn I learn how to do anything and do anything. I've learned a lot about money, like a lot about business, <laughs> yeah. money and how to make it work. And I'm still learning. My brain is sometimes on fire, like everything else that I, I didn't learn. But it's taught me a lot about money and, and financing a business and making sure that the business is sustainable. It's taught me a lot about people and humans and how to make sure that people are being taken care of and how to build community and how to things like that. It's taught me a lot, though, about myself, for sure. <laughs> Yes, me too. Starting a business. I didn't realize it would be so much of like a personal journey. Right. But I think that's true. Like, I feel that too, the like compelling feeling of like, this is just what I have to do. Right. And I think what you were saying too, about just this world where kids can have this experience. I also feel like what you're doing is a world where teachers can have this experience. Yes. And teachers can be trusted to make the change that they know kids need and be there and innovate and be empowered to create new things. So I love that you have that part too. Absolutely. Teachers deserve that. Like they do. I think it's a whole community type thing. You have teachers that really love what they do and are really passionate and are allowed to be free. Think of kids who are really passionate and allowed to like do what they want. Then the parents are affected because the parents are now choosing this teacher and they have that empowerment. It literally is world changing when you do that through education. And then most likely the teachers teaching the parents how to talk with their child and how to look at for the beauty instead of having this parent who's been told over and over again that their child is not going to be successful. That changes their whole mindset. So it really is community, I think, changes the entire dynamics of the world. Yes, I love, love, love that. That's awesome. Thank you for sharing. And then last question is for folks who maybe are feeling in the same spot that you were, you know, years ago, feeling like something needs to change. I have this passion, I might want to start a business or start doing something outside of the classroom. What advice would you give them? 
I highly suggest <laughs> like starting small, taking the big jump and like starting something right away is not impossible. I, I would definitely say like have some some money saved for it. It is a financial take a business class, like get a business coach because I spent tons of money in the beginning, especially just like being like, I'm going to buy all of the things. I didn't know like how to set a budget and say, okay, well, this is the amount that I can, you know. So I would definitely suggest getting a business coach if you're really considering it, having some money stashed, maybe making it, I think starting with a side hustle isn't the worst thing unless you're really at the point that you're like, your soul is being killed. Starting with a side hustle. Tutoring is great to make money like in the beginning building your base. I started with classes. That was, I think, a great way for us to see, for me to get a following. We, we had nature classes and the parents that a lot of my, uh, some of my parents are like in the school now, their kids were two years old in my nature classes. But I started with like homeschool classes and nature classes and people kind of got to know who we were. And now I have this kind of like, like once you build a following, it's, it's really kind of easy for everyone to continue to want to come through you, especially if you keep serving the community in a positive way. So start, I would say that start small side hustles, tutoring, probably some classes, one-time classes, once a week, once a month, something that's, you know, and get your practice in, see if it's really something that you're really interested in doing because it does take a bit much, but I think most teachers I've met can do it, you know, it just takes time and consistency and discipline. But I think that within two years, like everyone can be successful in doing this. Yes. And I love the advice of just starting too, that often I found you figure things out by doing it, right? And we can think and get so in our heads, like, and then I'm going to offer this class three times a week, and it's going to be like this. And it's like, you just need one person <laughs> right. to try something out with and see how it goes. And I think we out. had like two kids in my first class. <laughs> like, yeah, that's great in some ways. But it was such a learning experience. Like I got to connect with those kids. And you know, it was really kind of cool to connect with those parents. And but it also like any any time we did it, it still was a parent was talking about what we did and how amazing it was, and that built the, the client base to say, "Hey, we really want to try this out too." So yeah, and at the beginning, when you have such a small community that you're working with, you can really listen too and be responsive and really talk with parents and get that feedback too. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing all about your journey and the amazing work that you're doing. I'm super excited to see how Kind Academy grows. Can you tell folks where to find more information about you? So yeah, you can find us on www.kindacademy.org. That's our website. That's probably the best way to kind of see everything that we have going on. We're on Instagram as well, at kind underscore academy. We have a Facebook page, The Kind Academy. We have a Facebook community, Kind Academy Community. You can pretty much find us anywhere. If you search Kind Academy, I think we'll pop up. Awesome. Well, I definitely recommend that everybody goes and checks out Kind Academy. And thanks again, Iman, for joining us. Thank you so much, Lily. I hope you have a wonderful day. You too. Want to figure out your next step as an educator? Watch our free on-demand workshop and embrace a career pathway that works for you. Go to educatorforever.com slash workshop. You'll get introduced to the many options for flexible, rewarding work beyond the classroom and make a plan for landing jobs. 